There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it's the start of a new week on this Monday edition of the podcast, and this is Evangelist Tim McVeigh once again. We are in meeting in Moxville, North Carolina, the Living Waters Baptist Church. The Lord gave us a good day yesterday and uh, heard some testimonies. Some folks recently said that God had saved them, worked in their life, changed their life. What a difference Jesus Christ makes. It's wonderful to hear the joy of the Lord, to hear the peace of God, to pass with all understanding, to hear men that say they have this peace and know this great Savior. What a wonderful thing that is to know Jesus Christ. I marvel at the work of God. I marvel at the goodness of God. It seems like we're in a dry and a thirsty land, but in that dry and thirsty land, we see the marvelous working of God. We see God's mercy abound to men. It doesn't matter if it's men of stature, men of prestige, men of promise. No, it's a working unto sinners. It's Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he came into this world to save sinners. The apostle Paul said, of whom I am chief. Would you pray for the meetings? We'll be going again tonight through Friday night and again next Sunday, possibly even this coming Saturday night. Uh, just look to see what God is going to do. We certainly are thankful for the opportunity we have to preach. Thankful for the folks here uh, that have been a great blessing to my wife and I, to my family. And uh, we certainly appreciate them. Thankful for those that have fed us already and taken care of our need, made provision for us. What a blessing it is to know God's people, the greatest people in all the world. And I've said many, many times, God's people have been and will be the greatest people that this world has ever known, and how we thank God for them. In the podcast today, we're looking at Psalm 60, we're looking at Psalm 60, 61, a couple other places here. In Psalm 60, and he says, to the chief musician upon Sheshanath, Miktem of David, to teach when he strove with Arenaharam, <laughs> with Aramzabah, when Joab returned, it smote of Eden, the Valley of Salt, 12,000. Now, I laugh at my pronunciation because I have a self-pronouncing Bible, but those words are not included in my self-pronouncing Bible. So I'm not sure exactly who Arnaharam, that probably would have been a much better pronunciation, is. And so we're thankful for that. I think that got a little bit better that time. In verse 1, it says, O God, thou hast cast us off, thou hast scattered us, thou hast been displeased. O turn thyself to us again. Now, again, we're looking at Messianic Psalms, and we've been looking just recently here again, uh, this idea that get, how do we determine a Messianic Psalm? How do we see Jesus Christ in the Psalms? Do we want to see Jesus Christ in the Psalms? That's one of the great questions that most of us have to ask ourselves. Are we looking for Jesus Christ? When he says here, thou hast made the earth to tremble, thou hast broken it, heal the breaches thereof, for it shaketh. And again, when did it shake? When is the earth troubled? When is it broken? We know it's groaning even today. The Apostle Paul told us that. It's groaning for its own redemption. And uh, we're looking for that day when Jesus Christ will make all things new. He said, Thou hast shown us thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. 
Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth, Selah. And then in verse 5 says, that thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand, and hear me. And so again, we see now the psalm takes us a slight turn again, and absolutely without doubt, we see Jesus Christ, the beloved of God, the only begotten Son of God. And God is going to deliver him. And God is going to deliver him from the oppressor. God is going to deliver him from prison. God is going to deliver him from the devourer. God is going to deliver him from hell. His soul will not be left in hell. And his holy one will not see corruption. God is going to deliver him from the grave. And when he says that the beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand and hear me. And I've often said the right hand of God is Jesus Christ. He's the son of God. The arm of God is his strength. The hand of God is the method by which he delivers. And he delivers through his son, Jesus Christ. And so again, we see messianic proof. We see messianic prophecy. We see concerning his son being delivered after he's been an offering for sin, after he's died for the sins of the whole world. God hath spoken in his holiness in verse 6. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and made out the valley of Succoth. Now, it's interesting. He says, God hath spoken in his holiness. What did he speak when he delivered his son? And it is with the word of God that he delivered his son. And he would not leave his soul in hell. He would not suffer his holy one to see corruption. He went into the heart of the earth, went into the depths of the earth. And he was in the pit where his feet were falling, but he believed God. And he said, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. That's the faith of Jesus Christ. And again, we see that evidenced. And then he goes on, he says, Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine, Ephraim also is the strength of mine head, Judah is my lawgiver, Moab is my washpot, over Edom will I cast out my shoe, Philistia, triumph thou because of me, who will bring me into the strong city, who will lead me into Edom, wilt not thou, O God? So now we see David's deliverance, we see David steps back into his role as the king, and so he steps out for just a verse or two prophesies, speaks of that one which is to come, which also could be pictured as David, but it's just there's those key words there that we see throughout the scripture that identify David, the prophet, speaking of Jesus Christ. Even as he prays this, this psalm is to be sung, it is a prayer, and even as he prays it, we see Jesus Christ. He said, Wilt thou, thou, O God, which hast cast us off, and thou, O God, which didst not go out with our armies, give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. And through God, we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. There's David's faith. That's David believing that God would do what he said he would do. So again, just a fleeting glimpse of Jesus Christ, yet a messianic psalm, a psalm of Christ. In chapter 61, to the chief musician upon Negana, a psalm of David. And he said, hear my cry, O God. And he said this, attend unto my prayer. Now, we've talked about that word cry through the Psalms oftentimes identifies or helps us to identify the cry of Jesus Christ when he cried for deliverance, that deliverance we spake of in Psalm 60. And he cried unto the Father, and the Lord from it heard him from his holy temples. He was wroth, the earth shook. Why? Because the cry of Jesus Christ came unto his holy temple. And God heard that cry and shook the earth. He rattled the Cages of men, if you will, by shaking the earth. One of the proofs that he was God. One of the proofs that Jesus Christ was God. That Jesus Christ is God. And he said, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
When is his heart overwhelmed? Again, I believe it's in Gethsemane. I believe it's when he sweat as it were great drops of blood. I believe it's when he's exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. There in the garden when God had to deliver him from death over his sorrow. And God delivered him and let him go to the cross and die for the sins of the whole world. He was so sorrowful even unto death. This, the sweats running down as it were great drops of blood. Why? His heart is overwhelmed. Some say there's where God broke his heart. The proof is the great drops of blood. And I, will, I contend with that. I don't know if I can prove that, but I certainly don't contend with that. He goes on in verse 3, For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. And then again, an interesting thought of him. He says, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. And so again, that mother hen covering, its wing, covering her wings over her chicks. Protection, there's safety. Safety is of the Lord. And so we see David steps in that role again. He just fleetingly speaks of Jesus Christ. Again, it could be David's calamity. I wouldn't contend with that. David is speaking out of the abundance of his heart. David's own plight comes into play. But we also see the person of Jesus Christ. We see it lines up with other scriptures. We see it line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept must be upon precept, here a little and there a little. And we see God has done that again. He's put pieces together and help us to see. He's speaking here of Jesus Christ. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. And then he says, Thou will prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. And so David now is speaking of himself. God delivers him. He'll be king for many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. So again, we see David now goes back into his role, speaking of his king, speaking of his kingdom, speaking of himself. Yet it's a prayer. And he's given this to the chief musicians. They're going to sing this psalm. David, the great sweet psalmist of Israel, has written this psalm. But in that, again, we see Jesus Christ. We also see David's plight, David's calamity. We'll see that again in chapter 62 of Psalms. To the chief musician, to, to Jedithan, a psalm of David. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. Now, Psalm 27 said on this wise, I believe it's in verse 23, and I'm going to look at this just to make sure. But in Psalm 27, that would not be correct. But he says on this wise, that he waiteth upon the Lord. He is waiting, actively waiting upon God. Why? Though a host should encamp against me, my heart should not fear. The war should rise up against me, and this will I be confident. Why? He's waiting upon God. And can I say to you, if we would learn to wait upon the Lord, if we would learn to wait until God is ready to deliver, ready to work, ready to meet our need, but that's why Isaiah said on this wise in Isaiah 40 and 31, they that wait for they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So he said, my soul waiteth upon God. What is he waiting upon? We saw that again in Psalm 27, that he may walk again in the light of the living. He's waiting for God to deliver him. In verse 2, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. So God is our defense. God is our rock. God is our salvation. By the way, it's hard to move a good rock. It's hard to move a stable rock. It's hard to move a steady rock, especially when it's the person of Jesus Christ. 
How long we imagine mischief against a man? Ye shall be slain all of you as a bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. So again, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. And what do they do? Outwardly, they're blessing him. Inwardly, they're cursing him. Just three days later, they're saying, away with him, crucify him. They want him dead. They want him gone. And so again, we see the prophecy concerning Jesus Christ. They imagine this mischief against a man. They imagine they've contrived such a lie against Jesus Christ that they say, deliver us Barabbas, a murderer, a man known of murder, a man proven that he's a murderer. They said, give us Barabbas. We would rather have Barabbas live than Jesus Christ live. That's how deceived they were. That's how deceitful they were. That's how mischievous they were. He said, you be slain all of you as a bowing wall shall you be, and as a tottering fence. Why, there's no strength. You're about to burst. You're about to fall. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. Again, he glory to God in the highest. Next thing they do, they're cursing him. They cast him down. By the way, David's kingdom here also can come into question because that's what they did to David. They lied against him. They deceived him. They tricked him. They wanted him out. They were going to cast him down as their king. Yet he, knowing that, prophesied concerning Christ. And he said, my soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. So when your soul is in travail, when your soul is in agony, when your soul is called into question, wait upon the Lord. Wait for God. Wait and see what God's mighty hand can do. And he's waiting on God. Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. So in verse 2, when he said, he only is my rock and my salvation, he is my defense. In verse 7, he says, in God is my salvation. Or in verse 6, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Who is the glory of God but Jesus Christ? The glory of the Son is the glory of the Father. Jesus Christ is the glory of God. So when he says, he only is my rock and my salvation, he is my defense, I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation, not with, but in God, to be in him and him in us. And my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. Trust not in oppression. Become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not thine heart upon them. So it's interesting, David prophesying here, and he changes gears and becomes a, a proverb writer. He's really writing proverbs to us at this point. A prayer, a song to be sung, a prayer to be sung. But he's writing this the form of proverbs. When he says, trust not oppression, Become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Why? He is our strength. He is our rock. He is our fortress. He is our high tower. He is our deliverer. In him is our help. There is none other but him. So we know the power belongeth unto God. All power, Jesus Christ said, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's the promise of God to his son. Also unto thee, O Lord, verse 12, belongeth mercy. 
For thou renderest to every man according to his work. In wrath, remember mercy. And so we get down to the end of this chapter, we see that he then reminds us that unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy. For thou renderest to every man according to his work. God is going to judge our works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. That's the promise of God. We've covered three Psalms just briefly. We've seen about five verses absolutely certain they're Jesus Christ. But in that, we also see David's calamity. We see David's plight. We also see a prayer. We see deliverance. We see supplication. We see admonition. But in the midst of that, we still see Jesus Christ. Why, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. Have a great Monday. We'll look for you tomorrow. Pray for us tonight in the house of God. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.